Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. In this podcast, we'll be having discussions around the secrets which attract lasting, healthy, fulfilling relationships, creating a healthy mindset, and what women should know and understand about men. Introducing your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts, relationship expert, trainer, speaker, and best-selling author of The Cupid's Bow Technique. Lynn's mission is to have a positive impact in reducing divorce, domestic violence, and suicide. Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. This is your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts, and today I'm delighted to have our guest, Laurie Holmes. She's a certified transformation clarity coach. Welcome, Laurie. Welcome, Lynn. So I'm glad to be here. Uh, it's lovely to meet you, and uh, this is the first time we've had a, a bit of a face-to-face, although we've known each other a, a little while now. Uh, so, yeah, I would love to introduce you to my audience because Laurie, she's a, what I really like about her is that she's got a lovely controversial subject that she wants to talk about in our discussion today, all around mm. the heading Falling in Love is a fairy tale. So, so what exactly do you mean by that, Laurie? And and, and uh, why do you perceive it as being a bit of a controversial subject? Well, I, I think that we've grown up since we were young, especially in my generation. I'm going to be sixty-seven in January, and we grew up with the notion that you know when you when you meet someone, it's kind of like falling in love with Prince Charming, you know, the, the whole notion of happily ever after and you're going to fall in love and everything is going to be hunky-dory. And, you know, I looked for years for my Prince Charming only to marry a man that, you know, the marriage lasted about five years because it, it didn't turn out to be a fairy tale. It was more like I married the wicked, um, wicked witch. <laughs> Or wizard. <laughs> There's, I don't know. Is it a bitch? Yeah, wicked sorcerer. <laughs> but anyway, um, and that's all behind me now. And and we're friends, and our sons are grown. So that's an old story. But what has become clear to me as I've gone down the never-ending cycle of dating and not dating and dating and not dating and meeting men online. And it was a disaster. And finally coming to an understanding that has really literally changed my life in the way that I understand where love comes from. You know, I I grew up with the notion that somebody was going to make me happy And I think that's a very big misunderstanding that women have, that somehow happiness is outside of them and some wonderful man or woman that they're going to meet. Um, And that's not how it works. And I think once we have a, a true understanding of where love comes from and happiness comes from, we stop expecting it to come from someone else that they're going to give us everything that we want, that they're the prince or princess charming that we've always been looking for. And that doesn't mean that we can't have beautiful, happy, um, successful relationships with people. 
It's just saying that our happiness is not contingent on another person and our that love isn't coming from the other person. And so I think that's really what I wanted to address today. Excellent. And and I'm totally on board with with the with what you're talking about because I think like you say, um quite often whether you're a man or a woman, we're looking for that external happiness to um to present itself uh, and what you're saying is that you know really what it boils down to is that happiness comes from within first and foremost yes yeah absolutely uh, and we can get tricked by it very easily because one of the one of the ways that we think that it's coming from someone else is when we're in their presence we feel a certain way so it, it's easy to mistake that those feelings must be coming from them. They must be generated from their presence. You know, I feel good when I'm in your presence, so therefore you must be making me feel good. But if that were true, then I should feel the same way every time you're in my presence, and obviously that's not going to happen. And that's where the misunderstanding comes in, because once somebody expects somebody to make them feel a certain way, then when they don't, then they think that they could fall out of that feeling because they're no longer experiencing it. Well, it must be because of you, too. You know, if, if, I, if you could give me the feeling to make me feel love, then you can also take it away. And I'm just saying that's total rubbish. Yeah. I have to agree. Um, although, you know, what I have experienced, and I've experienced a whole range of different types of relationships from, you know, um, literally surviving sexual assault in my teens to then, you know, going on a bit of a self-destruct path to um, attracting, you know, toxic relationships, unhappy, unfulfilling relationships. Um, and okay relationships but you know self-sabotaging them on the back of not feeling worthy or deserving myself until I met my ex-husband when I was 26 nearly 27 who who was a fabulous guy you know really good decent man who loved me to bits and I I loved him but I I was very much at that moment in time very protective of my heart and my heart wasn't open and I just needed somebody to protect me and make me feel safe and and he did that for 23 years. And, you know, by the time those 23 years had elapsed, I thought there must be something more to relationships than this. Although he, we had a great relationship, you know, as friends and even as lovers, um, you know, I just felt unfulfilled still. And I didn't have the skills and awareness and knowledge that I've got now today to do anything about it or address it. Um, and literally, you know, felt compelled to sort of, end that relationship on and you know tell him that I felt it had run its course and it he was obviously very devastated by that but certainly within six six months of ending that relationship I met my beloved who I'm with now and we've been together 10 years and now I do know that the fairy tale does exist because we do have that lasting passion we do have that lasting aliveness in our relationship and we do have um mm you know, that fulfillment that I've been looking for. Uh, I mean, and like you say, it isn't about him giving that to me. It, it is about me doing the work on myself 
and uh, that that that's why it changed. Yes, exactly. And how beautiful that you have met somebody that you can have that journey with. Yes, it is, and it, and that hasn't been without its challenges, especially in the early years. But uh, I certainly can say, hand on heart, that you know um, the fairy tale life does exist. It doesn't exist in 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 the way that we read in um, in our in our childhood fairy tale stories in in that sort of sense. But you can create that lasting um, passion and fulfillment and aliveness in a relationship that goes beyond the honeymoon period. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, and I I think we're agreeing with each other. I think it's just the point that I was making is that it's all coming from inside yes. us, and that. We're in we're in the presence of someone that we enjoy the company of, or we enjoy all the pleasures of life with. It's a it, it's a symbiotic relationship. It's a it's a give and take relationship. It's not a um, fantasy relationship, and I think that was the difference I was trying to bring with bring to the table was that if you're um, in a relationship of expectation, then you're never going to be satisfied because the other person is never going to live up to those expectations. It's almost impossible. But if you have a relationship that's built around being mutually loving to each other and mutually ad- admiring and trusting and, and um, all the other adjectives that may go along in your relationship, then that's going to continue to build and grow and be beautiful. And that's, that's what we would all love to have is that type of relationship. But, you know, a lot of us have never had that experience. And, you know, the thought that somebody else is going to give it to me is what I'm calling the misunderstanding. And that's, I think, uh, you weren't saying that, but you were say that you have a relationship now that is exactly what you want, but it sounds to me as if it's coming from a different place. And I think that's what I'm alluding. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. A hundred percent. You know, it is about that awareness because we're not educated or parented, you know, around this stuff, mm-hmm. um, you know, in, a, in yeah. our schools or by our parents. And, and, you know, for me, my parents weren't great role models for happy ever after, I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, there were very poor role models regarding that. And, um, you know, a lot of us, I think, can, you know, relate to that being the case. And, you know, when it comes to education in schools, we're not taught, you know, we might be taught about how to, you know, um, have safe sex, but we're not actually taught about how to have great healthy relationships, are we? No. And my parents were, they loved each other dearly, but they had a very toxic way that they interacted with each other and i remember as a young girl going in my mind i'd say well that's love who Mm. needs it because Mm -hmm. i didn't i didn't like the way that they treated each other when they were in their toxic back and forth um i did love seeing the love between them i did love seeing them being very generous with each other and being very um, sweet to each other when those times would happen. So it would give me a glimpse of what it looked like when, you know, things were going well 
And they certainly would show you how it looked like when things were not going well. And of course, that was probably what I remembered more. So unfortunately, when I would get in um, toxic relationships of my own, I would see that parallel. I was like, oh gosh, I didn't want to be in a, a relationship like this. But again, I was expecting it to come from them, not from me. And I didn't have a very good sense of myself at that time. I didn't love myself at that time. I didn't want to spend time with myself. And so I was looking for them to uh, make me feel Mm. better. And the only person that can make me feel better is me. So until I had a love relationship with myself, ironically, now I'm dating a man that, um, and I'll get into that in a little bit, and I met another guy on a plane. And so now all of a sudden men are coming out of the woodwork. But um, it's not because I'm chasing after them or even looking like I'm interested in having these relationships with them. It's just it's showing up naturally and organically. And I think that's when, you, when you're in the presence of somebody that it just clicks and it works. I think it is kind of an organic experience, is it, for you? Massively. I feel that once you've done the work on yourself and and you, you know, look at gaining new insights and levels of awareness and, um, you know, do some exercises around how to um, generate that self-love for yourself. Because, you know, for some people it's quite difficult, isn't it? You know, for some people... If you say to them, it's all around, you know, the starting point is self-love, you know, they, they, they look at you gone out and they think, well, my gosh, you know, how do I, how do I even start or recognize whether I love myself or not? And that can be a challenge mm-hmm. in itself. So my suggestion usually is for mm-hmm. some people, you know, that find it difficult to look in the mirror and say, you know, you love the person who's staring back at you. Think of yourself as being your, your younger self, you know, your childhood self the little girl that you were mm-hmm. and have love and compassion for that mm-hmm. person. Yeah, that's true. That's that's, really good that way. can be a good starting point. <laughs> Most people can then, you know, start that, that loving process through thinking of themselves as being that, that younger self and, and them now being the wiser person and, and loving and loving that younger self to start mm-hmm. with can then lead to loving who they are now. Yeah, that's a, that's a good way of um, of looking at that. And I've I've worked with some women though that have had some horrific things happen to that little girl, and sometimes it's hard for them to look at that little girl without that memory showing up. So you know, to be able to embrace all of you, even the bits that aren't comfortable or shameful in their mind, or or harrowing from things that happened. Um, it, it's, it's like loving all of you, loving all of the different aspects of yourself that have had all these different experiences, and know that you're okay even though the incidents that might have happened to you might not have been okay at the time, yeah, but that you have grown beyond that and you're not that little girl anymore and you deserve love just like everybody else does. 
And for me, I think it was having a spiritual awakening um, back when my lover committed suicide back in 96. And it wasn't for eight more years that I finally got um, closure on that. But really seeing myself from the innocent side of things, from the spiritual or the soul side of things, and recognizing that I am in a human body and I am having human experiences, but that I am love, yes. who I am is love. And when I can see it from that standpoint, I can be very compassionate to those parts of myself that have struggled and gone through some really tough bits. And it's almost like, um, you know, like it's, it, it's, um, and I can cry with those parts of myself that have been through it, but I can also recognize that it was part of the journey that I was on and the learning that I was here to do. And so when I can come from that place, I can be a lot more forgiving to myself when I didn't understand, when I didn't see it, when I was lost or I was afraid or I didn't think that I deserved to be loved or whatever, <laughs> whatever I had made up at the time. <laughs> so I yeah. agree. Um, and I know that, you know, what you're saying about sometimes you can, you know, have been through quite traumatic experience as a younger girl and, um, and, and I can relate to that. And, you know, this is what I educate women around is that, you know, you're so much more than those experiences. You're more than the hurt. You're more than your your body. You're more than your mind. You're more than your skin. You're more than your any trauma that you've been through. You're so much more than any of those things. You know, those things are experiences, mm -hmm. but they're not you, like you said. Um, so yeah, if you, and if you've been through any of those things and you are still carrying any guilt, shame or humiliation around what's happened to you, just know that that belongs to the perpetrator. It doesn't, those things don't belong to you. You can let that go. Just let all those negative associations go because that's not you and it doesn't belong to you. Yeah, that's a beautiful way of saying it, Lynn. Um, yeah, and I, th I think once you can let that go, then you can start the journey of loving mm. yourself. Um, and for some people, that journey may be shorter and they get it mm. quicker. And for others, it's a lifelong journey and it takes them a while to really I have a client I'm working with now who, you know, doesn't like, didn't like the way her face looked as she got older because it reminded her of a, a relative that she had that she said, I hope I don't look like her when I get older or something like that. And, you know, it's, it's, to me, it's like if we can embrace and, and, and love all of us, every bit that, has had all its different experiences, even our faces that change through time and our bodies that start to sag as we get older. And it's not the 
beautiful bodies that we had when we were young. If we can love all that, and we can see ourselves through the eyes of, I'm, I'm going to say God, for lack of a better way of saying it, but we can see the eyes through the eyes of God that we are perfect exactly the way we are, um, then it makes sense that we are an embodiment of love, and love is coming through us, not to us. And that was a realization I've had within the last couple of years, that once I stopped expecting love to come to me, that I was already what I was seeking, that I was already inside me, that everything I was seeking was inside me, then I could start having fun with the relationships that I was building. I could start enjoying relationships rather than expecting that relationship to give me what I wanted. And I, I had that one for a very long time. So for me to get that realization was really huge. <laughs> <laughs> to drop that, oh, you're going to give this to me and I'm going to feel better. Kind yeah, because when, you, you know, know, I think most people, most layperson people would, would understand that, you know, when it comes to looking at everything within our solar system, our world and, and uh, this planet, it's all energy, you know, whether it's solid, mm -hmm. liquid or, or gas, you know, it, it's all energy. If we looked at ourselves under a high powered microscope, all would be cells of energy. And like you said, you know, mm -hmm. it is at its purest, pure love energy. That's mm -hmm. what we are, pure love energy. Nothing else. We might be in a human form. That's right. And what a better way to experience it, though, because if we're formless beings having a formed experience, you know, and you get to experience sex and you get to experience someone hugging you and, and kissing you. I mean, wow, what a thrill is that, <laughs> you know? And so, you know, we get to experience the pleasures of the flesh. We also get to experience the agonies of the flesh. I had a fall this past weekend, and I can tell you as I was screaming bloody murder, lying on the cold floor of a hallway with nobody in the house where I was in this Airbnb visiting my son, knowing that I had hurt myself very badly, that was the moment of being a human being that was not the most fun, you know, to, to when, we, when we hurt, when we're in pain, when we're sick. When we've uh, when we've uh, broken something, um, those are the moments when we have that ex excruciatingly um, magnificent pain. Uh, that's another part of being human that we get to experience. So the it can go from the highest highs to the lowest lows, <laughs> and I'm really seeing that neither one are better than the other. They're just experiences, you know, that we're that we're having, yes. and 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 surely one of the biggest delights that we have as human beings is to experience when two bodies come together, when two bodies, in a sense, become one energy, and there's nothing better in the world than that experience, and I'm sure you understand that now that you've had this beautiful man in your life for the last 10 years. Um, so 
we are gifted with that that ability to um entwine like you said hearts entwined and i've i've had those experiences in my life where i just wanted to crawl inside the person that was lying on top of me or next to me and i wanted to be so close i wanted to be them mm. and uh, you know when when the heart expands to the point of feeling like it just wants to burst right open and all those beautiful feelings just explode uh, there's nothing that feels better than that and um, i've experienced that without anybody last year when i was in an mri machine and i was um, temporarily paralyzed for 53 hours after i had an endoscopy and they put me in an MRI machine for over an hour and I was in agony and I was felt like I was in a coffin and it, I felt like I was entombed. So just imagine that you can't move anything and then you're in an MRI machine that sounds like jackhammers going off over your head. It was absolutely the most horrible thinking feeling that I'd ever had. But somewhere in the midst of all that, I remembered who I was. I remembered I wasn't the body that I was lying in. I remembered I wasn't the experience I was having except through a human form. And I floated right out of it. I floated right out of it into the most exquisite joy. And in that moment, I realized that I really was okay. That there isn't anything that can happen to us on this earth. And that, that's a bold statement I'm about to make, but it's true. There's nothing that can happen to us on this earth that can take away the fact that we are okay. I agree. That we are spiritually okay. Yeah, I agree. And I think a lot of us that are sort of on this journey of sharing our wisdom, you know, are coming to um, educate more around the fact that we're not human beings having spiritual experiences or even working towards that. We're actually spiritual beings at the moment having a human experience. Yeah, exactly. And I, I even said to myself, if I come out paralyzed, I'm going to still be okay. If I'm dead, I'm okay. It didn't matter in which direction I went. I was okay. Yeah. And it wasn't an okay, like you say to somebody on the street, how are you doing? I'm okay. <laughs> no. It wasn't that. It was an okay of knowing that my beingness is okay. Mm. I'm beyond the okay of of human um, conversation. And in relationships, when you can get to that, I'm okay, regardless of what's going on in the human relationship that you're having. When you can, when you can see it from a more neutral standpoint, and just relish being in the presence of this other other human being, and come from the source, you know, the source of who we all all are. I think that's when we have the potential to have a spiritual relationship on Earth. Massively agree with that, you know, and. Um... I always felt there was, you know, um, a higher level of relationship that we can attract for ourselves. And 
you know, and it, it is about, for me, recognising within that, that there's also the masculine and feminine energies in relationships. And we, we all embody both. Yeah. And the greatest gift of awareness I'm now educating women around is, um, you know, embracing that natural. Because for women, it is mostly our feminine energy, which is our more dominant energy and embracing that natural feminine energy because it's the polarization of energies when they come together, the masculine and the feminine, which enables you to attract or create that next higher level of relationship where it is massively fulfilling, it is massively passionate, it is massively intimate and and, and really connective and, and alive. And I think that's what, you know, I was searching for for a long, 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 long time before I found it. That's beautiful. And it's it, what you just, how you just said it, it makes so much sense. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of tantric yes. before, like tantric energies, but what you just described to me was that, that entwining of the masculine and the feminine um, energies together. And I, I, I even think in, um, couples that are male, male, female, female, that they still have masculine and feminine energies that intertwine. Yeah. So I think that's always occurring, uh, no matter what the combination is. Um, And I think we also have them within ourselves. I think we also have both the masculine and the feminine energies within us. Definitely. What I educate and what makes sense to me around is that we all have masculine and feminine energy, but if you're in an opposite sex relationship where you're the woman that's attracted to the man and vice versa, then usually what your most dominant energy is, your natural energy, your stronger you know, source energy is, is usually the feminine. And for him, it's the masculine yeah. and it's knowing when to use one or the other, it, you know, depending on your current situation, women have the masculine energy um, you know, and they default into that if they need it to protect themselves, you know, if they need to uh, be more assertive in the workplace, for example, um, you know, um, if mm-hmm. they, they um, are facing danger or if they, they're in a competitive situation, they, they need to default into that masculine energy. Um, but what they forget to then do is when they're in a relationship is revert back to their natural feminine and and what usually happens is if they're still stuck in that masculine energy and way of being, uh, they're not attracting the men that they would like to attract because the men that they would like to attract are not attracted to another masculine energy. Right. But yeah, that makes They a feel lot of challenged sense. by it. And they, they might not even mm-hmm. realise why mm-hmm. because they might be looking at this woman thinking, wow, this is a lovely, beautiful, attractive woman, but I'm just not attracted to her. And the, the reason well, that they're not... Well, there, there are... There are some situations, though, where the women can stay in a more masculine energy. I, I, I have a guy right now that's kind of uh, showing that for me. And I can show up with a more masculine energy. And the guys I have, have this conversation with has got a more feminine energy. And so it seems to balance anyway, even though it's kind of really weird and quirky that it can do that. So I can see myself kind of switching sides from time to mm. time. And allow that masculine to show up in him, and I'll let my feminine will 
kind of dance with it for a bit, and then I'll switch back over to the masculine side, and it kind of gets his feminine energy going. So I, you know, I don't think it really matters in the sense of who's what and what's where, as long as you have that balance going on in the relationship, and you know that it's working and it feels good for both of you, and it's not hurting anyone outside that. Uh, does that make sense? What it I'm does saying? make sense. The only thing I would um, say around that is, in my experience, is if you have both got your energies flipping backwards and forwards between the masculine and the feminine. In other words, you're both operating into more neutral energy in the middle. Um, then mm. that is when you've got a friendship more than a, a passionate relationship. All because right. oh, I totally agree with you that it's friendship. I'm not in any way. Um, see him as a sexual partner at this point in time um yeah but my my sexual libido in my upper 60s has kind of diminished a lot too and i may be up for hysterectomy soon so i don't know what's happening in my uh libido right now i'm just kind of enjoying the companionship i don't even see him more than once a week sometimes not even that so you're definitely right that this is this fits more into a friendship category for me than it does into a passionate, loving uh, relationship that I would like to have more what you have with your husband situation. Um, but I, I'm glad to be able to have this kind of relationship right now because I've had a long drought of having any man in my life at all. <laughs> So it's nice to have someone that I can interact with. And since he's, he does have a very strong feminine energy and he tells me that he doesn't like sports and he doesn't like to get together with men and he does seem to be with women better. That's the energy that he shows up with the most. So it does feel more like friendship to me than it feels like it has anything that's going to go in any other direction like a uh, love interest no i don't see it that way at all he might see it that way but things would have to drastically change in order for that to happen exactly <laughs> and i don't see that happening yeah. right now uh, and that's how it, i suppose you know it ended up and i wasn't aware of what i'm aware of now in terms of the wisdom i've gained since but with my ex-husband you know that's how it was you know i was the more dominant masculine energy in that relationship quite a lot of the time and he was stepping more into his feminine and I wasn't finding that attractive, you know, because a woman that can control a man will never have passion for him. And that's just the way it is. Yeah. You know, but you know, I didn't realise at the time I was contributing to that being the case, you know, until I did gain these, you know, these insights and then realised actually, you know what, to actually attract a strong masculine male man that I really want, that's going to really melt me and, and, uh, you know, make me, um, you know, just a, <laughs> when Paul and I first met, I just says, you know, I just melted. I was just like an, an, an ice queen when I first met him. And, he, and I was just like a puddle on the floor, you know, once he, he, he really kissed me with such fire and passion that I just like, wow, <laughs> you know, and, and that, yeah. that was on the back of me, um, you know, uh, being my true feminine you know, embracing my true feminine to allow him to be the man in our relationship. Yeah. 
I, I definitely can see that. Yeah. And it's a polarization yeah. of those energies that, that creates the passion. It's not about being similar and flipping backwards and forwards between our energies and being very gender neutral. That's when you've got friendship. I agree. I agree. <laughs> I've had the other two, so I know the difference for sure. <laughs> I'm just saying I haven't had that uh, relationship for a while. <laughs> I'm sure, you know, there's certainly t- a long, 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 long time for you to attract that in your lifetime. <laughs> well, it, it, and it's, if you want to, too, I think that it, it also comes down to yes. choice. You might read a certain time in your life where you're okay if that doesn't happen yes. as well. I mean, it would be lovely if it did happen. And I, I said that I met this man on a plane that has more of that for me than this guy that I said is more like a friend. But he's in he's in Milan at the moment, so it doesn't look like you know. Other than texting back and forth and showing some pictures, um, who knows where that might go? And he does live nearby, so I'm going to let that um, show up if he shows up. We'll see what it, where it goes from there. But he's got more of that more masculine energy that would be more attractive to me. Um, for a relationship than the guy I'm talking about that really fits more into the friendship category. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Laurie, for being vulnerable enough and brave enough and courageous enough, is, put my teeth back in, courageous enough to, to share your journey and your insights and your relationship history with us. It's, it's been fascinating. So for the benefit of our well, listeners... <laughs> Thank you for asking me. This has been a lovely conversation and I hope it's useful for for your listeners. It massively will be. Uh, and on that note, I would, I would love if you could just share um, uh, your best contact information and, um, you know, hopefully. Well, well I, I run many groups on Facebook. And if you're a female and you would like to join my uh, my group that Lynn is also in, it's called the Wisdom Keepers, and Powerful Women's Gatherings. Um, you can also reach me on Facebook with Lori Holmes. Um, I am a licensed massage therapist along with a certified uh, clarity and transformative coach. And so I have a Facebook profile that you can find. And if that doesn't work, then you can send me an email at L-S-H-O-L-M-E-S 7106 at yahoo.com. And we can put the information below this podcast as well, if you don't mind, Lynn. I don't have a website that's up and running at the moment, or I would have been glad to give you that, but it's kind of a work in progress at the moment. That's no problem. We'll make sure all... Laurie's contact information is in the show notes as usual, as well as um, Laurie's bio, so you can find out more information about who she is and what she does. So with that, Laurie, thank you once again for for sharing your very great pieces of wisdom and insights around love, dating and relationships. Thank you, dear. I appreciate your time and I look forward to um, having more conversations with you. So listeners... Thank you very much to Laurie. I'm just going to sign off as usual that true love starts with opening our hearts. And until next time, goodbye for now.
Thanks for listening to the Hearts Entwined podcast. You can follow Lynn via the Facebook group Two Hearts Entwined or search Lynn Smith, inspirational speaker at LinkedIn or email lynn at hearts-entwined.com. That's L-Y-N at hearts-entwined.com. Remember, true love starts with opening our hearts.